Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor with a group practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll talk about womanhood, motherhood, and a little bit of everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. And I am excited to be joined by Elizabeth O'Brien, um, someone that has been colleague, mentor, guidance person <laughs> throughout my career in maternal mental health. Um, she's a licensed professional counselor. She's an entrepreneur, an educator, um, even was the founder of Postpartum Support International for Georgia. And she is an amazing, huge advocate for maternal mental health. Welcome, Elizabeth. <laughs> Glad to be here. Um, before we really get into the nitty gritty, um, tell us, because I don't think I even know the answer to this question, but what kind of pushed you or made you passionate about maternal mental health? Yeah, um, so a couple things. One was when I was in graduate school in Chicago for dance movement therapy, hmm. one of my interns was working as a postpartum doula. And prior to that, I had worked as a social worker um, with victims of domestic violence, adult um, women victims. And so I was really kind of entrenched in um, mental health from the other spectrum. And I thought, gosh, working with moms and babies is a, a place where we can actually do prevention mm-hmm. of mental health. Um, so when I was in graduate school, because I had the mental health degree and I was working on my master's, the um, the woman who owned the post or the doula midwife practice in Chicago, she set me up with moms who were really kind of struggling mm-hmm. um, as a postpartum doula. And so I learned a bunch and it really kind of planted a seed for me about prevention and just really loving the, that early attachment period. Um, and so that was one part of my interest of maternal mental health, Mm -hmm. as well as becoming a mom myself. Mm -hmm. And I, Um, When I became a mom, I was living in Fairbanks, Alaska, Mm -hmm. and we were living up, like, cabin up in the woods. And so I um, was pretty isolated Mm -hmm. geographically, Mm -hmm. um, and I was one of my first friends to start having Mm -hmm. kids. And so I saw the lack of resources that were there for moms and new families. And I had, you know, my own mental health background and I experienced some postpartum anxiety Mm -hmm. 
and it was not severe. However, it was took me off balance, yeah. and I thought, "What the heck is this?" And um, and I thought, "Gosh, even with all of my internal resources and friends, and knowing how to access resources, I'm really um, taken aback. What about everybody else?" Yeah. And um, so that you know, those kinds of things were really um, important to me in kind of shaping my interest in this work. That's awesome. I, I didn't know the extent of all of that. I knew like pieces of it, but yeah, similarly. Um, so when I first heard about the overturn of Roe versus Wade, and we've kind of, whenever we have our groups, We'll talk about it briefly, but, you know, not to the extent. Um, and I don't think that I necessarily, maybe I was naive to think that it would get to the point in which it did a few, you know, days ago. And yeah. just as we start our conversation about it, because when, when it happened and I had immediately thought of you and wanted to know, like, what your thoughts about it. And especially as us being clinicians on um, specializing in maternal mental health and how it shows up with our clients and also with ourselves. But to give some background to listeners um, so that we can really like know what this means. So I'm reading this from a New York Times article and basically that um, abortion will not be illegal everywhere in the US, but it is in individual states currently. Um, and we are currently residing in Georgia and Georgia currently has a ban on it where it hasn't, um, pushed it to the effect of being active as of now. Um, but who knows what the future may hold. And right. in addition to that, so the current states where it is now in effect, it is Alabama, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Arizona. Kentucky, oh, I'm sorry, it stopped at West Virginia. The other states are where it's blocked and it hasn't been completely put into effect as of yet. But there are some states where abortions are now completely legal, Alaska being one of them, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Nevada, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, California, Connecticut, DC, Delaware, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, Vermont, Washington State, and Oregon. So almost like the whole West Coast um, is where it's currently legal. And then with that, how it's also like impacting, statistics are showing that the background of women, this is from the Gutmacher Institute, um, it states that one in four American women would have expected to obtain an abortion at some point. And statistically, women who get abortions are already a mother, is in her late 20s, attended some college, has low income, is unmarried, is having her first abortion, and is likely to live in a blue state. And then another impact that it has statistically is when we talk about the maternal mortality rate, and even specifically about the black maternal mortality rate, um, having this can also increase that up to 33%. Um, mm. So with black mothers already not feeling heard or not feeling comfortable with the medical system, um, if they were to have a pregnancy that was unwanted, could definitely not want to share any of their thoughts, feelings, symptoms, 
that they could be having and how detrimental that could be for their medical care. And yeah. there has been also talks about if this is going to affect contraceptives. Um, there's even been on Twitter of people saying, you know, don't put in your period tracking information in any right. of the period apps um, in case they could use that against you. Um, how pre, uh, pre-optive pregnancies may encounter and even practitioners, doctors being in that awkward position of doing something that's ethical or saving their job. So it's a, a definitely a trickle down effect, but let's discuss it. What are yeah. your own thoughts about all of this? Yeah, I mean, I have so many thoughts and feelings. Um, first and foremost is kind of devastation. Mm-hmm. And even though you will hear lots of people um talking about like we knew this was coming because of the leak we knew this was coming it we i i think that many of us still kind of held out this hope that you know the supreme court justices who said that they would not overturn um roe v wade when they got appointed you know during the trump administration that they we hoped that they would be honest and stick by their um, what they said they were going to do, which was not to overturn it. Right. So I think that there's still this shock, mm-hmm. Keisha, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my caseload as a psychotherapist is both, um, you know, in the maternal mental health space of women trying to get pregnant um, and who have been pregnant or postpartum experience loss, as well as therapists who serve these um, clients too, right? So I'm kind of work on both ends. And everyone that I've spoken to so far feel just so um, shocked and wiped out and hopeless, Mm -hmm. like not knowing what what to do and kind of next steps mm-hmm. and i think you know on the heels of all of what our country has gone through what our world has gone mm-hmm. through um it's yeah it's it's devastating mm-hmm. it's it's devastating it's very scary for people yeah it's very scary and it it does kind of like like what you said i had the same thing of having hope but it can almost make you feel like hopeless, like, you know, like, well, what else, you know, can happen? Are they going to take, you know, contraceptives away? Um, right. And, and now that they have a limit on plan B now, because people were frantically going out and buying those. And now they have it like CVS and Walgreens have a restriction of three packs per person, which understandably so I folks would want to stockpile. And I've had... Many people that I've worked with talk about, you know, I've had all the children that I've wanted, but I haven't had, you know, my tubes tied. My husband hasn't had a vasectomy. Right. But I've had postpartum depression and I cannot get pregnant again, you know, and and trying to like navigate that space and and have that, that freedom to have that choice. It is so disheartening. And sometimes it is kind of like a loss for words because you're just like, I feel you like I... 
I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for me, you know, the things that I kind of keep going back to is because how, how many of us were feeling even prior to Roe v. Wade being overturned, it's like our nervous systems are Mm -hmm. still kind of hijacked, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do we gear up for being participatory in protecting the rights of women um, in a way that doesn't make us all even like more burnt out or more sick. You know what I mean? And so, um, and for many of our clients, they're trying to just keep their head above water right now in their struggle that they're experienced. And so to ask them to do more is, is hard. It's a hard ask Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. Uh, And it's even hard to like, you know, understandably, like when we talk about managing your anxiety, staying in the present, you know, really listening to the facts, the facts are in Georgia, you know, we aren't necessarily met with that today, but it's understandable how someone could be nervous about, well, what is to come for our own state? Oh, Um, for sure. How is that going to impact? You know, what, what do I need to do? And, and not only for those who are mothers or just women, those who may be thinking about trying to conceive in the future, genetic testing, just the whole layer of how all of this impacts and how it is very anxiety provoking. For sure, for sure. And, you know, the piece that I think that, that <clears throat> you know, when you hear um, different leaders talking about like that abortion isn't illegal everywhere, um, only in we're putting it back into the states. But it's also saying like women's rights to choose mm-hmm. are, you know, it's not universal. Right. We don't have all, everyone doesn't have all equal rights. It's like, depends where you live. Right. Which is just really um, insulting mm-hmm. to say the least. But the piece around that I think that people aren't recognizing is in the states where abortion is illegal, that also is going to impact people who struggle with fertility. Yes. Because, you know, fertility clinics, as they're doing their testing, testing. they're also disposing of embryos that aren't necessarily, you know, meeting the mark. Right. um, And so consequently, those places would be considered breaking the law. Right. And so it's, I'm assuming that those places will also be closing as well. Mm. So then, you know, what if it's not, you know, it's not your fault that you struggle with fertility. And, um, and, and so your options have now also been removed and then, you know, thinking about here in Georgia, where we have, I mean, we, we, we 
go between being the worst state for maternal mortality mm-hmm. or the second worst state. Mm-hmm. But I believe right now we are the worst state. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, thinking about in the current day, it is safer to have a child in Ubekistan yeah. than it is in Georgia. Yeah. And, and then the disparity among women, black women and women of color it's and their high rates of maternal mortality. It is so scary. It's saying yeah. we don't care about all women, right. and and that is outrageous. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous, right? And I also really sympathize. Like I second all of what you said. Also thinking about women young women like looking at the stats that they're saying like early 20s if you came from a family with a low socioeconomic status you didn't have much support and you have an opportunity to get out go to college do something and you get pregnant and you're in a state where it's banned and you don't have the means to travel to california to get an abortion and how that changes the trajectory of your future because someone has made a decision for you. That's right. And how generationally that can, you know, continue to occur. And right. this even like aside from incest, rape, you know, or just, right. you know, being in an abusive marriage, all of these factors. And right. even the, the trickle down, I was reading an article about how it can also impact like partners um, with child support and, if they're, yeah. you know, put in jail because they don't pay child support. Right. Um, or if children go into the system, into defects, and taxpayers are paying for this, and how that's an influx. And it's this trickle-down effect that wasn't carefully thought of. People were more focused on pro-life than they were on how do you sustain this plan? Like, what services have you put into place to even make this realistic at all? That's extremely frustrating it is because it it really the discussion really leads to more pro-fetus than Mm pro-life because pro-life would suggest that there is supports and resources and services for their life Mm -hmm. their birth their afterbirth their education their medical um all the pieces and we don't have that now yeah for folks right and babies and children and so it's it's really um yeah it's it's really really hard and you know and i i'm sure we both have worked with clients who have had um medical issues um with their pregnancies Mm -hmm. and have had to have terminate their pregnancies mm-hmm. later yep. beyond the six weeks yes. um, because of medical reasons. And for my clients, that has been a devastating issue for Absolutely. them yeah. and, and grief for them. And for some shame yeah. is not fair, but that, that is their experience. And so to be not have that option mm-hmm. or have limitations to that option 
or to have questions about questions that option about yeah. is, you know, it's almost unspeakable mm-hmm. in some of the most difficult times for a person or a couple and a relationship and a family system. Those are terrible decisions that they have to make in the first place mm-hmm. or to be questioned about their miscarriage. Right. Again, with such a delicate time for people and sensitive time that, you know, in my opinion, we don't even take care of the moms who have miscarriages well enough I agree. today. Yeah. And so to add this layer of, um, you know, scrutiny or criminality mm-hmm. to them is, it's just, it's a level of distrust mm-hmm. to women. Right, right. I remember I had listened to a New York Times podcast episode early, was it this year or was it last year? But they were they were going over the results of the 2020 census. And this probably should have like foreshadowed everything. But they were talking about how birth rates had significantly declined since 2010 and how women just were choosing not to have children. And if they did, it was like one or two children or no children at all. Most women were having children in their mid to late 30s after they financially gotten settled or met a partner or whatever. Teen pregnancy was almost extinct. And now it was like you were 20, 21 to be considered like as young pregnancy, a young mother. And there were so it became politicized because of those results like well why well what are we going to do well what does that mean for the human race well what about the population of americans and when they did a survey they were saying like women were choosing this because they were putting their mental health as a priority and recognizing their capacities of what they could take and some were burdened with student loan debt um looking at the financial costs of daycare housing markets inflation um and opting to just wanting to have the freedom to do whatever they want without having to consider a child. And it was almost like that trickle triggered something to go into motion of, no, we're going to make them have these children. You know, like (laughs) we don't care the rationale that you have behind why you're doing what you're doing for your life. You're going to have these kids. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's, it's outrageous. And, you know, like you hear, I appreciated that after Roe v. Wade went in and there were like big businesses and corporations saying like, like Netflix and Mm -hmm. Disney and Mm -hmm. whoever, like, we're gonna, don't worry, we're gonna take care of you financially or get you to a state um, that has um, abortions. However, Again, like that's all well and good and yay for mm-hmm. you, but corporation, but what about like privacy? Yeah. Like maybe people don't want to tell HR, oh, I need to go to another state to get an abortion. Like it's no one's business. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's really unfair. And so it's this it's kind of this distortion of support. Mm -hmm. Like it is support, but it also is, um, it's not like a snapshot of the whole picture. Right. 
Right. It's kind of like enabling the idea of being in women's vaginas. And exactly. <laughs> and making that uh, a cause of discussion when really mm-hmm. that should just be between a woman and her medical provider. And that's it. That's it. And that's it. That's it. And that's it. And, you know, and it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's really um, unnerving to think that my 13-year-old son actually has more human rights right, yeah. in our country right now than I do. Right. Right. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Right. I know. Which I know you probably maybe don't have an answer to this, (laughs) but um, what suggestions would you have for clinicians or mothers, birthing parents um, that are experiencing anxiety? Like how how can we take care of ourselves mentally at at this juncture because just like what you said we haven't had a reprieve like it 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 is always something going on and it can feel like this dagger week after week you know as a parent watching a mass shooting um as a black person watching racial injustice as a birthing parent as a woman um how you were impacted like it's just this constant knock and you I read once how like hope is a form of coping, but Mm. sometimes that can start to wear off when you don't see like an end, you know, when it is something that's like back to back. Do you have any suggestions, Alyssa? (laughs) Well, so, you know, one of the things I um, have been thinking about, um, well, so this is like a two-part answer. Mm-hmm. And the one part, I hope I don't take us on a too weird of a tangent. <laughs> but so when you reached out to me last week to say like, hey, do you want to participate in this podcast? And I was like, yes, I was going kayaking with my friend mm-hmm. that day. And she, um, she's athletic, but she'd never kayaked before. And I didn't realize this. Mm-hmm. And we just like jumped on the river and got going. And she, we immediately had, you know, like kind of baby rapids, but rapids nonetheless. And she was talking, like we caught back up with each other and she made a set statement about that this is her first time kayaking. And I was like, oh, good God. Like I didn't give you any instructions. No. I was like, get in the boat, let's go. <laughs> and so I was thinking so you know as we would come and back and forth with each other on on the river and she figured it out and she was totally fine um but i was thinking about like giving her little tidbits of information and i was thinking about just like your paddle and your or your oar and your or your not your or your paddle and how your paddle is there to you know stop you to turn directions Mm. and offer balance. And I just started thinking about that, like internally, what are those things that provide us balance? What gets us going when we have to haul, Mm. haul, butt and get going. And what also stops us like knowing what those mechanisms are Mm -hmm. within ourselves Mm -hmm. 
So that was one thing which isn't necessarily a direct answer, but like mm. knowing those things about ourselves, I think is valuable. And the second thing is um, I started thinking about all of the clinicians that are working with clients who are in this place of anxiety. And so I was like, I gotta do something. Mm you know, here. And so I was working on this flyer of offering like a free weekly meditation journaling for clinicians and birth workers, like a space for them. Yeah. And because like, sometimes like, what are the words to help us with the anxiety? You know, like, what are the solutions? And in my mind, you know, there's, it's kind of twofold. One part is how do we downregulate our anxiety? Mm-hmm. Because when we're anxious, um, it is not only is it takes a toll on our nervous system, but it does not give us access to our full brain to make choices. Mm-hmm. Um and to be innovative. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, so first taking care of our body and uh, down-regulating. And then the second piece is I firmly believe like we have to be innovative Mm. in how we deal with what is happening um, in our country, in our world, in our state, in our community right now. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I will go march, mm-hmm. and I will vote, and I will bug all of our politicians, and I will write the letters, and I will do the things. However, I there is a strong part of me that thinks, like, that is the old way, Keisha. Mm. Like, it is time to do something different yeah. and start anew and approach this in a different way. I mean when the civil rights and the women's movement and the lgbtq movements and all the things were happening that in those in the 60s and 70s like we didn't have the media like we do now right so when you saw a march that was all you're seeing on tv right but now we have we are inputted with so much information like some of those things don't change our heart and mind like they did before we have to kind of come to this differently so i'm kind of speaking on you know two prong one on the bigger movement and then one and the individual and for the individual it's like how do we down regulate because we cannot um maintain this like hijacked uh nervous system right and so it's like finding that those places of quiet, finding those places of release, making sure we're resting and sleeping and, um, you know, expressing ourselves and connecting with the joy. Right. Because joy is the place that really sustains us um, and that's what we're all fighting for is joy and beauty and gratitude. 
So it's like, we have to tap into that. And I think, you know, we were, um, the last time we met, we were talking about that book, the manifest, the light makers manifesto. Mm -hmm. I finally got it. (laughs) I wasn't just talking about it. I was finally getting it. And so I've been, you know, thinking about, you know, just from the activist perspective, like how we have to be always be making those deposits in the bank of, of joy and gratitude. Right. Absolutely. I, I love all of that. I think that I agree with all of it. And speaking of which, um, sometimes like in working with clients or just talking with folks, them wanting to be advocates, but not knowing how or what they have the capacity for. Um, and so it is kind of like evaluating what you can do, what you can do can be as small as having the conversation or bringing awareness or what you can do can be as big as being innovative um, or fighting the good fight on a bigger level or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But just to offer some folks some resources in the state of Georgia, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right and correct me if you know, but it's NARAL, N-A-R-A-L, which is um, an advocacy organization um, for abortion rights in the state of Georgia. And then overall, there's the ACLU, Center for Reproductive Rights, Women's Reproductive Rights Assistance Project, Indigenous Women Rising. And I'll, I'll put all of the links to this um, in the show notes for people who want to be able to do something awesome. And speaking of your great state of Alaska, they have the Northwest Abortion Access Fund, um, which is helping people pay for their abortion care by sending funding directly to the clinics as well as offering travel support. And I thought that was amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, it is amazing. And I, I think like things like that should just be automatic. You know, like how we talk about like it should be automatically you have a doula. It should be automatic that you have like a birth plan. You know, like these things shouldn't be something that you have to advocate for. But it really puts into perspective of how your government can view you, you know, as a a human or specimen or or a citizen or lack thereof. Um, But those are just a couple of things. Did you have any other thoughts before we wrap up? No, um, also Sister Song is mm-hmm. another, um, and the feminist reproductive rights, um, there's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't remember all, I mean, there's so many different kind of organizations to be participatory in, but I, but I think that, um, first and foremost, it's like, how do we take care of our, mm-hmm. how do we take care of ourselves? in this moment. And, you know, I've been listening to all of these different politicians who are like, you know, you got to strap in, like, here we go, here we go. And I am with you. I'm not saying, um, like, we have to, anybody's ditching out on um, what's happening. However, we have to take care of ourselves first. Right, right. Because I think all of us have kind of been on, one, we can become desensitized because it is so much. You can become like jaded Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of on autopilot. And this has been like since the pandemic, like since the pandemic, it's been like one thing 
after another. And it is so essential to be able to take care of yourself because yes, we'll just like burn out, become exhausted or just be completely like mentally checked out. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, as always. <laughs> I really appreciate that you are doing this podcast and that you can be another voice and advocate for for um, folks. And I'm really appreciated, appreciative of all the work that you do. Thank you. Same, likewise, likewise. <laughs>